Hello and welcome to season three, episode 21, the season three finale of Dualistic Unity. I am just so fucking excited about everything coming up for Dualistic Unity. Season three is ending. Season four is beginning very soon. We're going full time into it. And I am just over the moon excited to have recognized that I'm God and you're God and to be able to talk about it pretty much nonstop every single week and, and share it with people both in person and over zoom. And I'm excited to talk about, you know, the last, the last week that we have had on this episode. Cause it was, it was a pretty crazy one. <laughs> and I'm in awe. I am in awe of so many things. I feel very much the same way you do in some ways, because I've spent 20 years talking about this and I've had moments of depth, but there were moments in this last week that stunned even me and I saw them coming, but I couldn't see how deep they would go or how meaningful they would be or how all encompassing the experience was. It was so nice to be reminded that the description is never the described, that the experience of unity is truly truly magnificent and awe-inspiring and it was great to share it with you i do want to mention very quickly that every single person who came to this retreat dazzled and amazed me every day of the retreat the conversations that we had the insights that we shared the challenges the vulnerability the willingness to challenge yourself and put yourself out there like an exposed nerve that was all incredible i couldn't be more grateful to everybody who came and I want to spend a quick moment here just to thank my wife and my daughter who also attended the retreat. They were so supportive of me realizing something that I had dreamed of for almost 20 years. And I couldn't be more grateful for them to be there. Likewise, and I want to say this without you getting super uncomfortable about it, but Andrew, man, you were fucking amazing. That retreat was challenging and rewarding. And there were a lot of unknowns, a lot of uncertainty. And you surfed through that like you knew what you were doing you surfed through it you made it look easy and i know for all the talking we've done over the last 15 months as you said it always gets deeper and deeper you really did show how good you are at just being and how good you've become at trusting yourself and i just want to say thank you man you're a fantastic partner and i'm really looking forward to seeing what we can do together with dualistic unity and our newfound family and the growing community and all of the aspirations that we have yet to realize thank you ray i i appreciate that a lot it was it was a lot of fun and i just want to reiterate how grateful i am for you not to spend you know the whole podcast fucking going back and forth you know rubbing each other's egos and shit but yeah we, uh, I think you absolutely deserve a pat on the back. The amount of work and effort you put into this retreat is incredible. The fact that we were able to balance preparation while maintaining a, men a mentality of not thinking we knew exactly how it was going to go or not hoping that it was going to go exactly as, as we desired it to and letting go even of the desire for it to go any certain way it's like we were able to you know prepare to the degree that we could like we talk about all the time prepare to the state that you can and then see what happens and don't 
allow or do your best not to allow your preferences and your opinions and and the way you think things should be going to get in the way of how they're going. And I think this retreat was a fantastic practice for everyone that was there. And I would like to say as well that I am so grateful and appreciative to everyone who came, who cultivated the environment that we all experienced for nine days straight. It was truly incredible. One of the most powerful, impactful environments that I've ever experienced in my entire life, honestly. And it allowed for an amount of growth, I think, that I've never seen in that span of time. You know, I've seen that maybe over the course of three years with people, but nine days was pretty fucking insane. And so I think it was a fantastic practice for everyone and the mentality that was embodied at an individual level and at a collective level with everyone that was there, including you know Dennis, the guitarist, Caitlin, our chef, everyone that was there kind of kind of felt it and was able to relax into it. And it was an incredible show of what just what's possible. And we'll get into some of the some of the shit that went down at the retreat in this episode, but things that are possible when it's not just one person feeling a certain way. It's a group of people recognizing that they're the same thing, that they are one mind expressed in different iterations. And yeah, it pretty much blew my mind. And some of the things that I recognized and saw and experienced are still very much settling in. I think it's going to take <laughs> at least a few few weeks, if not a few months to to fully recognize it. But yeah, it was it was an incredible experience that I will certainly never forget. So yeah, huge thank you to Ray, huge thank you to everyone that was there, Melissa and Celeste for everything that you did in preparation and and being there and being as much a part of it as as anyone who was there. Uh it was really fucking cool and I'm excited to dissect it a little bit in this episode cuz it's going to be it's going to be a fucking good one, man. <laughs> Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I, I think one of the things that amazed me the most, because we talk about this every week and in our own lives, we practice getting out of the way, being more vulnerable, not defending our ego, not getting caught up in the illusion of being pushed and pulled, chasing the carrot, running from the stick, that kind of thing. And so in our own lives, we've seen how that has spilled over into our relationships with our family and our friends, even though they may not necessarily be on the same path, we can definitely recognize where the walls have come down, where we can see a little less of a gap between ourselves and them. So to suddenly be in an environment where everyone, everyone was on the same page in terms of not getting pulled into that illusion, not getting pulled into the ego, recognizing it, looking at it, understanding it, empathizing with it. Somebody put it really well, and I really liked the way that she said this, I haven't tolerated anybody all week because there's nothing to tolerate. That implies the ego, that implies a preference, that implies you know, that you don't like this. And the fact is, is that everybody treated everybody else with such understanding and empathy because we all recognized that we were going through fears and doubts and insecurities that we were all on the same path. It didn't matter that it was being expressed differently or that we were going through different parts of it at different times. We recognized that 
the journey was getting beyond it and that everyone around us was doing the same. And so there was never this temptation to be too defensive or to isolate for too long because we could recognize the environment felt warm and welcoming. And I've never ever seen anything like that. It was so tangible. You could literally walk around just feeling united with everyone. And what amazed me was as the other service providers that were at the retreat came to join us, like our guitar player, uh, the yoga teacher, the massage therapist, and even our chef, they all felt it. The guitar player at the end of his set took a moment to say, it felt really good to play here with all of you. The massage therapist resonated with each and every person. And of course, as a result, each and every person had an incredible massage. But, and I thought this leaving, this gorgeous lodge that we were in, that other people in an egotistical mentality, going there for a wedding, having expectations, dealing with people that they can't empathize with, despite the beauty of our surroundings, would have a terrible time. Whereas we were in there, and at one point, the power went out in the entire lodge, and a bunch of other slight mishaps happened along the way. Certain things didn't turn out to be our expectation. Our wonderful chef, unfortunately, ended up having a slight mishap with a knife on our first night, so that was a reason that we could have panicked, and at no point did we have the desire to do so. At every point, we all recognize the best thing we can do is just be aware, have faith, and roll with the punches. It was just so incredible to be a part of something that we talk about in terms of concepts and we talk about in terms of application like I, I learned Wing Chun specifically to practice this in my physical body relaxing past the tension but to see it acted out by numerous other individual characters who all increasingly recognized that the, the division that we perceived between all of us was fictitious throughout the entire week that we all by the end of the week had the same mentality of being in it together. It was crazy. It was miraculous to say the least. Absolutely. Yeah. I think one of, there were so many things that I've just been so many insights that have been hitting me left and right since leaving. Cause I think while you're in it, you're not so much thinking about what this means or, or recognizing these things and seeing it as an insight. It's more just like you're in it. And it's continuing to process, continuing to change, continuing to shift. So there's not really any use in trying to digest or understand it. That's what you know the time after is for. And since then, I've been thinking back on it and just a lot of thoughts about how it went have been hitting me. And one of the biggest ones I think was recognizing that there's there's one path towards yourself, towards unity, but there's a lot of depth to that path. And different people can experience it on different levels. And I, I don't like the word levels, but it's the only word I can think of. So it's one path, but it can be experienced in different ways. People can be, you know, further down the path or, or deeper down the path. And, but it's still the same recognitions and they can still absolutely interact with one another and learn from one, the, one another. It's not that people who are deeper or further on the path are in a quote unquote better spot. It's very much so just a different spot based on their current mentality. And there isn't any place to go. It's just the more you let go, 
the deeper those recognitions begin to get. But at the same time, there's a benefit to identity, to ego, because at the end of that path, there isn't so much, there aren't so many barriers to yourself and reality. And there's there's all of these preconceived notions in the spiritual world about the ego and identity and, and killing your ego. And even myself, I think before this week, thought that letting go of identity more and more is best case scenario. You know, the, the further, the deeper you go down that recognition, the more peace and joy and bliss you experience. But when you think about it, when you do let go more and more, there aren't strictly positive preferences that are experienced it's it's yes you experience less distortion you you experience more clarity and with that i would say it leans towards you know peace and joy as as options because you're no longer getting thrown around so much by your egoic mentality and holding on to the ideas about the way you think things should be but at the same time when you're fully peeled back like when when you're I think of it like an open wound, basically, when when everything about you is an open wound and there isn't that barrier, that perception of division between yourself and reality, everything comes in. It's not just, you know, the good and, and joyful feelings. It's it's everything. And I'm not saying that this is a common experience or one that I've experienced very often, but it is something I experienced this past week and it is something that I I wanted to bring up in this episode because I, I had very much a shift in my idea of identity and sort of seeing the, the benefits of not fully experiencing yourself as everything, like understanding it, recognizing it, seeing it clearly, but also utilizing identity and being able to play with the idea of your ego and not kill it, not get rid of it, but just recognize it as a tool, like any other tool, like language, for example. You know, if we, you know, couldn't say words, that would make things a lot more difficult. If we didn't have identity, if we didn't have our ego, our sense of self, things would be a lot more difficult to go about our day-to-day -day lives. And so yeah, I, I think I wanted to get into this a little bit, but that was one of the the deeper recognitions that I had was was the benefit of identity and being able to utilize it and that there's a depth to it that is awesome to experience, but at the same time, maybe isn't something you constantly want to experience. Yeah, it can definitely be intense to see more and more of how much you are when you're not telling yourself how little you are. But when you really get into it, it, it goes deep. It goes deep for sure. And at first, because we have no, no real uh, practice on how to deal with that deeper state, it can be a little terrifying. And, and it can be terrifying because everything about the way that we've been raised has been the idea of certainty, right? And as you said, the ego or, or just concepts are helpful that way because without concepts we are in a constant state of an ever deepening realization concepts are kind of where we go that's good that's the end of the road for now i'll hold on there and so when we are like we always talk about being in the present 
being in the present though, truly being in the present, not just conceptually or spiritually or any of that, but truly subjectively being in the present is a complete cessation of the past and future. So there's no sense of certainty. There's no sense of a trajectory. There's no sense of, of anything except where you are and maybe the moment before and the moment to come. And that's really, really intense when you're not clinging to a narrative, when you're not clinging to a sense of control, when you're not clinging to anything. So all of a sudden you're just in this constant unending flow of everything. And there is no certainty in it. And that experience is very intense. But that is the experience where we learn the lessons that we've been discussing here on the podcast. Relax, pay attention, be yourself. You don't have to understand everything. The concept is not the answer. These are the tools that get you through that state of mind and allow you to get closer and closer and closer to it without panicking, without having an opinion about it until eventually the gap between where you are most of the time and where you are when you let go of your ego is paper thin. It really is just a matter of seeing both, using both and accepting that it's both and neither. They're both perspectives. They're not the whole. It's the whole thing. And again, neither. There's, there's a lot there, but it's this need to settle on an answer, this need to settle on a concept. This is what it is. Once we can't do that, after spending a lifetime thinking that's the point of learning, it's terrifying it really can be very scary. And what's worse is that in that state of mind where it is so intense, where you're letting go of the narrative, all of your imagination is there. Everything that you could possibly think of or imagine is at your beck and call. And so if you end up, for example, reacting to that place in fear, because you're not holding on to a narrative of what's what's real and what's possible, where you are versus where you came from and, and so on and so forth, you're just in the here and now, well, your mind will create its symbolism for fear. So if you're in that state and you become afraid and all of a sudden you're wondering why there's a bunch of hands reaching out of nowhere to grab you, it's because that is your symbolism for what you're afraid of. And now you're in it and it's so much more important to question, it, question that experience and go, wait, 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 this is just me getting lost in my perception. This is just me getting lost in, you know, what is or what is potential. And, and again, that's the cost of being more and more present. That is, that's where the depth of being yourself really start to make sense. But it's about being there. It's about experiencing it and then coming back out of it, processing it a bit. And again, I'd like to, to give a shout out to one of our guests for this line and this line alone after dipping in and out of that extremely deep state, I kind of liked it. Because once you get used to it, it's awesome. It really is. And I mean that in the most literal way. It is awe-inspiring. I think part of the difficulty I experienced with that and seeing things like that peeled back was that there was still there was still me perceiving it. And there was a fear of letting go. And there was a number of times I, there was a lot of tears at the retreat, like good, good tears, like freeing type tears. And yeah, that absolutely included me. I think there was at least three separate times that it was like a very intense cry. And a lot of it was letting go of the idea, like the story of Andrew, which has been the root 
of my experience for not 27 years because you know it was being built over the first few but you know the last 20 years at least has been truly what i've thought i was even after recognizing the things that we've been talking about for the last year it it was it was very much still there and it is still here and i think that's helped me coming out of it is that when i was in that because it was so new because it was so uncertain and so intense was a word i used like a million times this week it was fucking intense like it was i was feeling everything i was staring in i felt like i was at the center of the universe feeling everything staring into the void and again i it's not that i didn't like it i i kept looking at it because i was intrigued i was very interested but at the same time there's there's a level of sensitivity that you experience when you're really in that that is fascinating and interesting and cool but also just a lot it's a lot going on there and it's not something that you ever anyone could ever possibly prepare you for but at the same time i think coming out of it and since then i've been feeling a lot better and and that was you know for me i sort of recognized that or had that specific experience uh, about halfway through the retreat and it's more or less processing it and just holding on. I, I told everyone while we were doing it, I felt like I was on, you know, like a magic carpet ride, just holding on. And towards the end, I started kind of looking around. Well, it's like, oh, this, this is kind of cool. The view from here is kind of cool, but I didn't know where I was going. I didn't know the right thing to do. I didn't have any preferences as to where it was going. And I was, that's being in the flow more or less. And I think since then, since, you know, traveling and getting back home and whatnot, like I, it hasn't gone away. That recognition has not gone away. And I don't think it's something you can ever really unsee no matter how much you try, no matter how much you try and numb yourself from it. It's not something you unsee, but it is something you can have fun with. And because there isn't so much fear anymore, there isn't so much weight on this idea of Andrew is you know, being something or becoming something because it's pretty fucking clear when you're, when you're seeing that, that you're everything and you're eternal and you've always been and always will be. So it's like, and, and you're right now, you're it. This experience is it. It's the extent of you is right now. So what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do? What ripples do you want to make? What, uh, what ways do you want to bend this illusion of duality right now? And so you begin to, I think, through processing it, and obviously I've talked with Ray a lot about it because it's something that he's been through a number of times and seen it very, very deeply, and as well as some people at the retreat and just being able to be in a in an environment like that. There's, I don't think there was any better environment I possibly could have been in. And I know other people there saw this as well and and the depths that this this path can really go to and so it wasn't a place that i was ever afraid of it because i knew you know i knew i was safe there but coming out of it i think the deeper recognition is that i'm always quote unquote safe because i'm always i've always got myself i'm always with myself i always am myself as you know as god <laughs> And so, yeah, it was, it was a lot. I think some of the difficulties I experienced were just, you know, really 
letting go of that story and seeing that I'm not going to be able to unsee this, but through processing and it's only, you know, it's been less than a week. I'm talking about it. Like it's, it's, I've been going through it for months. It's like, it's been fucking five days or six days or something. So the more I go through it, you, you eventually find your balance. I think it really rocks you at first, but as you come out of it, as you get back into, into things, you're like, Oh, this, this can be kind of fun. Like this experience, I can, I can do some shit with this without all that fear, without all that worry about the way things might go. It's like, you're relaxing into it. And it's like you have so much sensitivity to the flow of the way things are going that you're able to have more fun with it and almost not not change it, but have a higher degree of an impact and influence here and now, the more sensitive you get to it. And I think the more I, I see that, the more fun it's going to get as opposed to, you know, being quite so scary. <laughs> Isn't it funny how much of our fear comes down to letting go? of who we think we are. It's just, but I'm so used to thinking of the world this way. I'm so used to thinking of myself this way. I'm not sure how to operate like this. And there's, there is that fear, but that's the point, right? Is reality, when you get out of the way more and more, when, when you question your idea of yourself and you start to surrender and you start to align and you start to gain more sensitivity and all of that. And I say reality, I understand I'm creating a dichotomy here, but the experience of living, seems to make the promise that if you let go, you will find fluidity, that you will find more awareness, that you'll find more vulnerability and more chance to align and more influence over your life as a whole. And we are just afraid that that might be true, that it really is that easy of just surrendering and reality will take care of us because we're reality itself. And of course we try testing the waters like, okay, I'm going to surrender. Let's see, oh, something bad happened. It doesn't work. And, and there's our opinion and our preference and the ego comes right back in. But yeah, this whole week was, um, was incredible. And, and for me, it was really about the timing. That was the one thing I, I noticed more and more than anything else is I was going through thoughts about Ray. As long as I didn't entertain those thoughts, the next thing to do would always present itself, whether it was to walk down the hall to check out a painting and then run into the right person at the right time to have a conversation because they had a question or anything along those lines. Like it just seemed like the flow established itself so long as I didn't get lost in my inner narrative. And that was incredible to watch that timing play out, to actually watch everybody doing this. I swear it was like watching a ballet of insights, meeting other insights at exactly the right time to help everybody progress along the path that they had individually decided they were there to look at. Everything was perfect, but I wanted to take a quick moment and make sure I, I make this clear to the listener right now. Nobody is convincing anybody of anything at this retreat. We are not trying to tell you about unity. We're not trying to tell you that you're God. It's really none of that. That is just the result. And, if, and quite a few people commented on that this week because the week started off with us just talking to everybody where they were in their journey. If somebody came to the retreat really just trying to conquer some social fears or, or a feeling of resistance to being in a social setting, that's what we talked about. That was it. We talked about it from our perspective. I go through that too. I had a history of doing that. I can definitely relate. 
it was really just about making everybody feel at ease so they could make the most of their experience without, without us telling them what that experience should be. And by the end of the week, everybody, regardless of where they started in that week, was seeing unity. They were seeing the connections. They were seeing how all of us were working together seamlessly without effort, simply because of our state of mind and our intention. And, and so I just wanted to say that really quickly because a few people came to the lodge expecting us to kind of convince them of something. And when we didn't do that, that's when they had their biggest breakthrough, when they realized they could just be who they were without anybody trying to lead them. That's when they became their own leader. And it was spectacular to watch. Yeah, that was a that was a part I really enjoyed and something another thing that I'm I've been processing and sort of recognizing after the fact was obviously we had deeper conversations there for sure, but a lot of my individual conversations that I had with people were just about life, just about things they were going through, things I was going through, sharing experiences, talking about different things and like that was it. And it was, it was so fucking crazy for me going into throughout this really having no idea like what I'm doing and, but also recognizing that I don't have to, it's like placing yourself in a situation is the work and then seeing what happens allows for the insights to arise, like going on walks with people. I, you know, a lot of times went on, we would go on group walks. I would talk to, you know, we would talk as a group. Sometimes we would talk as, as a smaller group. Sometimes we would talk, you know, on one-on-one, -on -one, whatever it was. And I went in to all of them, like not having any idea of how it was going to go. It would just start with, how, how you doing? How's, how are you liking the retreat so far? How's your week been? How's, how's life? You know, what, what things are you going through? right now and it wasn't there was no fucking like teaching ever throughout it it was just conversations being had similar to this podcast like we're just having conversation we've always just been having conversation sometimes we'll sprinkle in some specific topics but pretty much right now we're just having a conversation going back and forth talking about shit and that was one of the coolest things i felt because we never want as ray just said we never want anyone to believe in anything we say, not believe in unity, not believe in non-duality, not believe in anything. Just go about your life, let go, surrender to where you're at. And it's all that's going to be left. It's all that's left when you let go of the illusions that you hold on to. When you let, when you let go of the conceptual division between yourself and the person you're talking to, when you let go of your preferences of how you want things to go or how you think things should go, it's what remains. And so there isn't this guidebook or this, you know, structure or way to do things that gets you there. It's, it's the letting go of the belief that there is a structure, that there is a right way to do it, that there is, you know, a perfect thing to say ever. It's never about what you say. It's never about what you do even it's it's about the mentality that you're in while you're doing it and so if you're in a state where you're talking to someone and you don't have 
you're not judging them. You don't have preferences about how you think the conversation should go or how you want the conversation to go. That's going to be reflected. You're going to be embodying a state of freedom, embodying a state of joy, relaxing into the flow of reality while you're having the conversation. That person's going to feel that. And by the end of the conversation, if they started out you know, not feeling that, they're going to feel it at least a little bit more by the end of it. But it's not about what you've said. It's not about any advice you've given. It's about the mentality that you're embodying along the way. And I think that was some feedback I got just talking to people because I, I was open about it. I was like, this is a totally new thing for me as much as it's new for you, maybe going to a retreat like me fucking, you know, co-hosting is I don't even I didn't even think of it like that. I felt like it was just hanging with people, talking to people. Obviously, you know, we have some responsibilities being at a being at a retreat that we're hosting, but it really the more the week progressed, the the less it felt like I was any type of, you know, person that set this up and really was just in it with everyone else, experiencing a retreat, experiencing what everyone was experiencing in that, which was really just a flow state of of bouncing from from person to person, from situation to situation, from experience to experience, letting go of the way I think it should be going. And it's like, I don't know how things are going to resonate, but you know, being able to sit in a room with a bunch of people and just be relaxed and not think that, you know, you should be doing anything differently than you are is hugely impactful. And it's impactful beyond anything you could comprehend or, or measure. And so I think that's one of the, there's so many things that hit me and have hit me, but it's really just about the mentality that you embody. And when a collective embodies the same mentality, the impacts are insane because it's, it's all impacting each other. And so it's like an exponential sort of feeling as more and more of that experience or, or mentality is embodied. It, it changes everything. And it just makes me wonder, you know, if we can have that in a lodge in, you know, in Canada with 12 people, like it gets me fucking excited about this conversation and where all this is going, because there were some fucking shifts made during that week. And I couldn't be more excited to see where, where it goes in all of reality. Yeah, absolutely. I learned so much in this week and it was honestly because I was able to float around in that mentality. And I wanted to say quickly that while we say everybody in the same mentality, that does not mean everybody was agreeing about everything. The mentality was not taking ourselves so seriously that we couldn't disagree about things. We couldn't see alternative perceptions. We shared the mentality of openness. And, and because of that, nobody felt the need to shut down or wall themselves off in the middle of the day or in the middle of a conversation. And so there was really, you put it very well, this collective flow state that was not being interrupted by a turd in the punch bowl, making it egotistical making everybody feel like they had to protect themselves because somebody was trying to manipulate them. And, and that really was the, the biggest thing. But I wanted to say very quickly that I think one of the things I appreciated the most was that everybody throughout this retreat started recognizing that the retreat was not meant to get any of them to a certain end point. It certainly was meant to help them unwind and find their own insights and stuff like that. But what it really did was reveal how much work is still left to do it really gave them a chance to unload a bunch of stuff and go, oh, 
that's still in there and that's still in there. I think I'm going to address that to the point where by the end of the retreat, as much as everybody was sad to leave, quite a few people voiced that they were excited to get back to their lives and really practice the mentality that they had been experiencing for a solid week. It's funny because you and I were, were discussing future retreats because admittedly this eight day commitment is difficult for some people considering their jobs. It goes from one Saturday to the Sunday after. And we were thinking about possibly lowering that for the retreats. And since this retreat, we've changed our mind that we're going to keep them eight days long, specifically because had it ended at five days, people would have walked away with some insights, but it wouldn't have settled in to the same degree. I know because I asked people on day five, like, would you be satisfied if this were to end here? And collectively, they're like, no, no, it's just getting good now. Like, I'm just starting to find my stride. I'm just starting to feel at peace. And what's great is that all the way up to the very last day, and on that last day, there was nothing but peace. There was this almost silence around the house. It wasn't for a lack of things to say. It was more for an appreciation that nothing needed to be said. We all just sat together. And then when we weren't sitting together or taking a walk, enjoying the beautiful scenery, we were kicking ass at karaoke. And what I loved was that everybody basically sang on that last day, despite the fact that when we first tried karaoke at the beginning of the week, there was still some reservation. There was still some worry because of course you're surrounded by strangers. Judgment, self-judgment especially is still habitual. So it was so fantastic to watch everybody's tension disappear. So that way, by the last day of the retreat, they had exactly what we wanted for them, which was the opportunity to just be themselves without fear. And it couldn't have happened had we tried to plan every detail, had we had an itinerary, had we had an expectation in mind, because we would have been rigid. We wouldn't have been able to let our guests teach us what they needed. It was a beautiful experience. Yeah. Oh, man. It was... It's funny thinking about if it would have ended after five days, because I was actually I was on a walk with my mom today and she was she was asking me about it. She was like, you know, in the future, are you guys going to keep the same amount of days? Like it's a pretty long retreat for people. And and I was like, oh, funny you bring that up because Ray and I have actually been talking about it. And we were talking about it before the retreat. We were talking about it during, after and and all of that. And I think that, yeah, I, I felt even even for myself, like everything that I experienced, because Ray and I, as much as you know, we were co-hosting, like we were experiencing shifts and recognizing things and having insights the entire time. It wasn't like we were just fostering an environment for it. We were fucking in the shit as much as anyone. And for myself and and the people that I talked to about it, like five, four or five days, it seemed like, you know, the first few days, first two, three days, which we kind of had an idea about how things might go. Um, it was very much getting familiar with everything. The next through day four and five was like, people were pretty damn settled in pretty damn comfortable, like with everyone there. And then, you know, the last four days were just sitting in that comfort, like relishing in that all, you know, all the work we did through getting through that discomfort of the first few days to like reveling in it by the end of it and it was so cool to see that happen and it's still you know we talk about eight nine days like it's a it's such a long time it's like 
it's not really that long to make those types of shifts, but it just goes to show an environment where it's, you know, judgment free. People are free to express themselves. They're not worried about what someone's going to think or anything like that allows them to open up more and more, allows them to work through things and, and chat about things and express things and let down their guard and all of that, you know, all of those things, being vulnerable, being open about things, being authentic is all letting go of the barriers between yourself and reality, letting go of the barriers between yourself and, you know, quote unquote, other people. And the more you're able to do that, the more you're able to see yourself in other people. And it's fascinating how hand in hand those things go. And so it was never, as we've said a few times already, it was never about getting people to unity. It's like through, and it always, we've said this so many times on the podcast, it's not about getting to that place, getting yourself there. It's about letting go of the things that are cutting you, you off, cutting yourself off, being that idea of yourself. And through that, what's left is unity. As you let go of the walls more and more, there are no longer bounds to you. And what's left is unity. And I think one of the really cool things, especially for myself. I'm, you know, I don't, I don't like labels at all. I, I wouldn't say that I'm an introvert or an extrovert, but I've typically leaned introvert probably for most of my life. And I do appreciate my alone time. And even when I'm, you know, on vacation with friends or family, like I'll take time to be by, by myself. I'll separate myself. I'll go to my room by myself and just, you know, take a fucking break. And there were a few times where I remember in the past having, I was in a situation where in the past I would have done that and I didn't. And it's because I knew that even though maybe I was going to be in a situation surrounded by people, I didn't have to do anything that I didn't want to. Like I could sit in a room with everyone there, just not say anything for a while and just chill and not be concerned about saying something or uncomfortable about not saying something, just sit there and, and chill and kind of be relaxed in that environment. And I think other people, I chatted with other people about this too, that there were times where they would have wanted to go be by themselves, but they were actually more comfortable being in the group because there was such a you know collective sense of peace that there was like such a comfort, such a, such a feeling of being at home in that environment, especially, you know, the day what we were talking about earlier on the episode when I was fucking looking straight down the void and feeling everything. I've felt that in the past, especially like, or not exactly that, but something similar, like when I'm on edibles or something, I've had some shitty fucking experiences on edibles where it was back five, six years ago in college when my mentality was much different. I was very resistant to things I didn't want to be experiencing, to things that were uncertain, to things that were unfamiliar. And so I would resist them and, oh man, yeah, those, those nights did not, they were not super fun and did not end very well, but I experienced a very similar feeling on that night. And I remember thinking like, I'd, you know, usually go be by myself and I went and fucking sat at the dinner table <laughs> with everyone staring into this fucking void, knowing damn well, I'm not going to eat anything. I'm probably not going to say anything, but I wasn't uncomfortable at all. The entire time I was just sitting there chilling. People probably knew I was going through something because I was just fucking staring at the wall, like staring into the 
fucking void that encompasses everything and nothing and seeing myself as literally everything that's ever been and ever will be. I was in that spot for, I don't know, two, three hours felt like two or three fucking months, but I think it was about two hours and there was a comfort in that. And so it just, yeah, just makes me wonder on a, on a quote unquote larger scale, what that impact could be like, how comfortable can we really get with reality? How much of an impact is our collective mentality of believing that our idea of ourselves, believing that ego is, is the truth of what we are impacting our ability to be free, to be comfortable, to be at peace, to experience joy, enthusiasm, and be ourselves. And it was cool. I mean, even just being able to see that in, in a group of 12 people at a retreat in the middle of the wilderness in Canada, like it was fucking cool. And it just gets me so excited. And it's going to be something that I, yeah, I absolutely never, never forget. And will stay with me for a very long time. Absolutely. Likewise, for sure. Um, it really reminded me a lot of uh, Einstein's quote that you can't solve a problem from the same state of awareness that created it because I've been in households full of people where I had to manage large groups and relationships and they were all egotistical people and you, you're juggling, you're doing the itinerary, you're making sure that everybody is, is catered to and in very much a way that is sporadic and random and chaos and, and, and it's just it's really unpleasant, but this entire experience was so effortless and seamless that I could not help but think to my other dream that I've talked about here and there um, about ultimately showing the world that another way of life is possible. Because in the, in the house that we were in, if you were to look at that as kind of representative of a small town, let's just say, could you imagine any one person trying to sell something to someone else in that house? It wouldn't have made any sense. Everybody would have been like, oh, don't worry about it. I'm sure, I'll sh I'm sure we'll even it out later. That would have been the intention because nobody wants to get ahead of anybody else. Nobody's feeling any lack. Nobody's trying to, to survive because they know they're all in it together. And so I kept thinking, getting, getting a chunk of land with people of this mentality where we can not only pool all of our, our energy and our insights together, but we can actually look after one another, that the land itself can accumulate resources so that way we can take care of ourselves and ultimately put whatever's left back into the, into the retreat or back into the land and continue to get more and more people having access to this mentality so they can take it with them into their lives. And just like mycelium, from one point to another point to another point, we would be sharing the resource of vulnerability, of openness, of insight. And that's a, a resource that at the moment we aren't really sharing. We're, we're trying to share ideas in terms of education and whatnot, but where they're coming from is egotistical. So those ideas are, are largely divisive, right? We need to share unity, but to share unity, we need to be at peace and whole in ourselves, and then it's effortless. So a number of us at the retreat this week, Andrew included, we're discussing the potential next step for dualistic unity in terms of something slightly more permanent than a rented lodge, something slightly larger than just where we were this week and something that can in involve a great many more people who are just starting to wake up to what's possible and would really, really enjoy seeing it face to face as an experience. And so, 
yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty pumped about the future. I, uh, I'm not one to look forward, but I will say that in this experience of this retreat, I had so many moments of clarity about how my life was perfect to bring me to this experience that I couldn't help but get glimpses as to where we were going, or at least the direction. And again, awe-inspiring. It, it really did almost make me want to pray. It was so beautiful, despite the fact that I would just be talking to myself. And I know that. Uh, yeah, me, me too, man. It's, it was cool. It was just such a powerful recognition of, of what's possible, just a sample size of what's truly possible that we all got to experience that, that will impact ourselves and therefore echo in eternity because everyone who was there saw a glimpse of what's possible and that's not going away that experience is not going away and now you know they're everyone's going to bring it into their own lives and and not be so rigid towards the rest of reality and and see more clearly themselves and what's possible and and the idea that a lot of people hold on to that you know what we're going through now in society is you know it's it's the best we've ever done it's the best thing we have the best way of life that we can come up with and it's like oh my god it's so fucking far from that and now we have some proof so that's uh that's pretty pretty cool <laughs> if you ask me um so one thing i did want to bring up on this episode was what i've hinted at sort of a few times um and that's what i experienced and saw about halfway through the retreat and um it basically started with me just seeing literally myself in everyone like i was looking around the lodge and or had my eyes closed and every every eye that was looking back at me were my eyes literally my eyes not not andrews but the the truth of what my eyes are and so it sort of started with that and it honestly it kind of freaked me out at first and i i i shifted between seeing that and recognizing that i'm the dreamer dreaming and this is all me and it was that and then i guess the third thing i was seeing was that none of this is is exactly the way i think it is nothing none of it's inherently real to the degree that i've always believed that it was like it is and it isn't as the experience but yeah so i was i was basically fluctuating between those sorts of recognitions and the more i saw that i was everyone the more peeled back i got and it was sort of comparable i like the analogy of everyone being built up with a bunch of layers and people who have who are very sure of things or think they're very sure of things and have certain specific beliefs and whatnot have a lot of layers and you know you can think of them like an onion like shrek would say or however you want to put it but it really felt like i had that last sort of layer peeled back and so it was a sensitivity to reality and i'm not saying that it was you know it's just based on my 
perception and current state of being. I'm sure there's plenty more layers to be peeled back, but that was sort of the feeling I got was just a sensitivity to things. Like I was feeling everything, all of the emotions, not just good ones, not just bad ones, just all of them. And it wasn't that I was able to, you know, pick them out and like, oh, I'm feeling joy now. Oh, I'm feeling fear now. Oh, it was just like this surge of, of, I don't know, feelings that I was experiencing. And, and so I was sort of looking at this and going through it. And basically I just kept going. It was like, I wanted to see how deep this goes, how, how far it goes, how much of me I can see. And so I kept going for a very, very long time for couple hours uh through the dinner that i didn't eat anything and it was funny because most of the people there weren't very hungry that was another thing that was fascinating was that everyone collectively was kind of experiencing this each day like similar types of emotions whether it was like everyone was feeling playful everyone was feeling chill everyone was feeling relaxed it was like the the further on the week got the more everyone is sort of feeling similar types of things, which was powerful. And I think that everyone just showed how connected all this really is. But anyway, so I kept sort of going and then eventually I was still staring into it. I finally chatted with Ray about it. And one of the first things he told me was it, it's not going to stop. Like you can keep looking at this, seeing the truth of what you are, but it's not there's no end to it. So you can keep going. You can stay there if you want, but you're not going to get to the end. So let's let's see if we can come back to here in this reality that we're experiencing. Back to Andrew, back to the, the story a little bit. And this is where I saw the benefit of identity and the benefit of having a perception of yourself as something separate from reality. But the other thing that kind of freaked me out and the first thing I asked Ray was, how do you deal with being alone? How do you deal with recognizing that if everything is you, if you're me, I'm you, I'm just reality experiencing itself, no bounds that inherently separates me from it. And it's all me. It's all me. It always has been. and It always will be. And that freaked me out because I was still thinking of it through identity as me being alone, which implies that you could not be alone, which also is impossible. So it really isn't being alone. It's just seeing that it's all you, but it has nothing to do with the idea of you, with the story of you. and. Yeah, it was. And then as Ray and I were chatting, it was literally felt like I was talking to myself, like, like literally talking to myself, not just, you know, recognizing that raised me too, but literally, and that was pretty wild. But anyway, so that's, that's some of my thoughts, but I know Ray has seen this a number of times. And as he was talking about before that, that division between seeing that you're everything and playing the part, playing into the story gets thinner and it gets a little more fun 
the more fun you have with it, the less seriously you take it. Um, so yeah, anyway, I'll, I'll pass it back over to Ray. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm, I would like to say one more time how proud of you I am. And I know that's not really the right word because kind of acting like a dad there, but I mean, in general, super impressed, man, with how deep you went and how much you saw and how you dealt with it with a certain degree of grace, because it is a little freaky when you see it, when you genuinely see it, when it's not a belief and you're looking at somebody in the eyes and you recognize where everything they're saying is coming from and the timing gets so odd that you're just like, wow, you really are an extension of my consciousness, not me, the body, but you're actually seeing you and all of these people like synapses in a single mind. And you can see how they're firing together. You can see how they're working together. And it, it really can freak you out to some degree, but on the other hand, and you were kind of saying this earlier, like there's a trade-off. On the ego side, you get the illusion of control, the illusion of certainty and all that other stuff, but you also get conflict and suffering and misery and you know all that other fun stuff too. Whereas on the less ego side, you have no certainty whatsoever, but also no limitation. And that's the unexplored territory. And we really saw how that might yield a different world for us this week because it was because of that mentality that none of us were protecting ourselves, that none of us were holding up walls from everybody else. And so we could actually start experimenting with almost a different kind of relationship, a relationship that this society doesn't discuss and doesn't encourage because it's a selfless relationship. But as we were practicing that selfless relationship, certain things started to happen this week that were mind-blowing and otherworldly to say the least and i'm not going to get into the details because anybody who wasn't there is going to take the wrong impression from this but language at one point truly became optional and we were in such a state of openness and vulnerability and love that at one point a spider a brown recluse came down from the ceiling from this outdoor gazebo and joined all of us. And when I say joined all of us, I mean, it made itself known. Then it went back up slowly and, and it came back down to share the cannabis smoke that was going on in our group. And I know that sounds unbelievable. We thought the exact same thing. We're like, this is kind of a cool coincidence. He seems to be digging it. The spider ran away at first and then came back down, disappeared under the couch. And as we were wrapping up our night, we looked down at the ashtray to see this spider, the same spider, sitting down, just grooving to the, to the cannabis smoke. It was possibly one of the trippiest things I've ever seen, but the spider itself had no fear of us. It was absolutely aware of us. It almost knew there was no danger. I've never seen anything like that in my life. I've never seen a spider willingly go to an ashtray with smoke and then sit there looking like it was either dancing or stretching. It was the definition of trippy, but that's what I mean is that it's only the definition of trippy because we live in a world where we absolutely think we're disconnected, that that spider isn't the same intelligence that we are. So what is possible bridging that gap? What is possible in that mentality we can't know until we get there. And that's, that's what kicks us in the teeth. 
We keep wanting proof. We keep wanting some evidence of what's going to happen, but you need to get there in order to understand it. And we're just getting there now. Yeah, that that experience was fucking trippy as shit. And it was so cool to see it. But you bring about a good point because especially because I reposted that God conversation video recently and so many people, they talk about God and the idea of God and Jesus and all of that is, you know, being able to do these things or, or whatnot. And it's always an idea of God. It's always a concept like, oh, if you're God, like, give me a million dollars. It's like, who says that's what God does? Like, who says God has ultimate control to, to create money? Like, where did that come from? That's just an idea that you're holding on to. That's your definition of what God does. It's not objective. It's not objective truth. And it makes me wonder with Jesus and the mentality, and we've talked about this before, probably on the podcast, I'm sure, about whether it's it was just Jesus or it was all of the people around him, everyone at the wedding, when he changed water to wine, if they weren't able to see deeply that you know it was it was one mind expressed infinitely that they were all the same organism you know being expressed in different iterations and if that didn't have a massive impact on that shift that they were able to shift reality because there were so many of them who recognized it but it makes me wonder with with those things and everyone's idea of like oh well you know you're not god cuz you've never done a miracle and whatnot and and that idea that you can control a miracle, that you can do it with it what you want to be done, and that's how it goes, exactly how you wanted it, is so against everything Jesus ever talked about, about letting go of need, letting go of your preferences, letting go of your idea of yourself as something that can do it. So it makes me wonder with our mentality that week at the retreat, like we saw some trippy fucking shit, but it was never anything that we expected. It was never anything like, Oh, let's, you know, let's all hang out and recognize unity and, and get this spider to dance and, and get super high and like want this more, you know, cannabis. And it was never anything like that. It, it's, it's a result, as you mentioned, right? It's a result of the mentality, the trippy shit the quote-unquote miracles is not about our preferences of, of what we want to happen. And it's even, it's funny because we made a joke of this the other night when we were uh, back in Nanaimo with Maddie and, and it was like we were hanging out uh, in a darker area of a park, like on a walk and, and all of a sudden the light turned on and like the area got a lot brighter. And I, I said something like, oh yeah, I, I felt like, it was feeling pretty dark in this area. And so it wasn't, it was like a passing thought, but it wasn't like, I'm going to turn that light on. And I'm not saying that my thought turned the light on, but it's things like that. It's, it's the passing thought, not, not having any idea of how it may happen or even that you feel like it needs to happen. Like with that specific situation, we would have been totally fine with the lights staying off. They just happened to turn on, which happened to make our walk a little bit easier. But it it wasn't something that we needed. And so it makes me wonder, as you let go of that need, as you let go of your idea of how it's going to happen, 
that's when it starts to happen. It's like, I don't need this. I have everything I could ever want here and now. I'm all good. Things are things are going as they are. And that's when, you know, reality starts working in your favor, but it's not something you can fake. It's not like, oh, I don't want that to happen. Is it is it gonna happen? I hope it happens. And it, it, like whispering it, you know, it's like with manifestation. It's like, I'm so grateful I have a million dollars. I hope I get a million dollars. It's like, well, shut the fuck up. But yeah, so it makes me wonder just how half-assed backwards our mentality is, even, you know, especially in spirituality with things like that, getting what you want. And could it be that it's just relaxing more and more into the recognition that if you're already everything, what more could, could you really want? If you're already recognizing that, like how much can you impact things without needing them to happen? And it's like such a, uh, it's such a paradox, such a, such a fascinating thing because it's like they start to happen sort of how you want them to happen, but not because you want them to happen or not because you need them to happen. It's just things start aligning and falling into place more perfectly than you could have even imagined. But it's through letting go of anything needing to happen. So it makes me wonder, like, the impact, not control, but the influence that is possible through letting go more and more. And, like, what could happen that isn't necessarily ever what we thought could happen and yet ends up happening exactly as we kind of wanted it to happen? It's yeah, it's a fun, fun thing to wonder about. That's for sure. And there's so many layers to it. We're going to have to wrap up here quickly, but I just wanted to toss this in quickly that it seems like it's what we wanted to happen when we're not thinking about ourselves and we don't have any preferences, but it's not quite that because it's already happening. It's already in motion. The only thing that's happened is that we've gotten out of the way. So we're aligning to what we're already doing. Like we are already doing everything. It's just that we lack the mentality and the responsibility and the clarity to see the timing happening. And so we fall out of alignment and then we don't see the timing anymore. And of course we don't because we're not in it, right? So the symbolism and the clarity is gone. And that's the point. And when you're in it, when you do let go and you are in that state where you can see the timing that every single thing that's meant to happen is already happening and that your inner narrative is just a second behind it happening perfectly. Well, in that place, there is magic. There is an ability to align with reality, to feel it tangibly like you're touching a table with your hands and shake it. But we're just starting to understand that. And it really does require us to get past this idea of ourselves being individual because that I think is the biggest misunderstanding. We look at Jesus, we're like, oh, it was the only son of God. It was this one person. And of course, that's what the ego would think. But there isn't just one person. That's not a real thing. We are all one person. And as we start to wake up to that, that one person is reality. And the lines start to blur. And what's possible? I don't know. But I know it's way more than my limited egotistical mind can come up with. But I will say that you know, imagination is the limit. 
The sky's the limit, however you'd like to say it. I'm damned excited to find out. And on that note, Andrew, we're going to have to start wrapping up this episode. Anything else you'd like to bring up about the retreat before we do so? Um, I think just last thing, you kind of mentioned this before already, but the mentality that was embodied throughout the retreat of selflessness and how funny it would be if someone, you know, tried to one up someone or, you know, get them to sell them something for cheaper than they knew it was worth or, you know, whatever we do in our current society that's so inherently divisive, like that mentality of selfishness of, you know, the limited idea of selfishness, not the, not the full circle idea of selfishness that we've talked about a few times, but that limited idea is required to keep this system running, to keep, you know, the, the train churn and the train that, our society has been running on for at least the last couple hundred years and longer, significantly longer than that even. And so selfishness is promoted. Like it is all about getting more for me, one-upping them. How am I doing relative to them? Comparison, fear in that worry about others' perception of you because that will have such a massive impact on what you are, or who you think you are and, and all of those things are reinforced by the mentality that's perpetuating the system that's causing all of it. Like it's such a vicious, brutal cycle. And it's so easy to get caught up in it because it's just become the, the default sort of mentality situation that we're in. It's, it's the broader, the, the, majority i guess of our collective mentality but you know as it starts to shift people a lot of people are suffering because of it so if if there is another mentality that begins to be embodied and seen on a larger scale altruism selflessness becomes more normalized more popular who knows how people will respond to that just being able to see it because people don't see it right now it's not shown anytime anyone gets a bunch of money they're holding on to it doing shit with it for themselves because they think they're just themselves but what if someone gets a bunch of money and knows that they're everything how much could that do i'm excited to find out likewise and before we give away any more details about that we're going to end this episode here but if you're listening to this and the path that we're discussing right now is of interest to you, I can't stress enough that you should make it to the next retreat if you can, or the one after that, because we're looking at expanding this. We're looking at this expanding through us, I think is a better way to put it. Um, and since Andrew and I are radically letting go of what we think is possible or impossible, this is going to happen fast. So if you would like to be involved in any way, shape or form, as this comes together, reach out, get in touch with us, join us on Discord, definitely join us on Patreon because it is our Patreon supporters who are going to get the first news of all new developments, including, and I just wanted to say this quickly before we wrap up, the next retreat. The next retreat will be happening again in Port Alberni on Vancouver Island. Uh, we're gonna have Chef Caitlin join us again. We're gonna have the same fantastic service providers. We might see a few people from this last retreat. It's going to be amazing. Definitely keep an eye out for tickets. Patreon supporters get access first. Thank you so much 
for everything that you have done. This episode, this season, the entire podcast has been informed by you, the listener, you, everything, you, awareness itself. We hear you. Even if sometimes you don't know that you're talking to all of us, we do hear you. So thank you for being here. Thank you. And goodbye for now. <laughs>